welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. A podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. When I was a kid, we had a deal that over the summer, we could earn a dollar for each book that we read. We didn't have any allowance growing up, so this was pretty much our main source of income and the only way to make bank as a kid at that time. This led to some intensive reading, although I never really made a lot of money. But I did find a love for books at this time, and one of my favorite series was the original Nancy Drew series. My grandmother and great-aunt had a lot of the books in their collection, and I would end up reading late into the night, anxious to find out what had happened, and I was desperate to one day own a blue convertible just like Nancy. Now, I ended up driving the family truck instead through like high school and college, and then it got passed down to my siblings, but I love the truck, and that's a different story entirely. If you can back up a truck nicely into a parking space, you are automatically granted confidence to back anything up, in my opinion. But I digress. I loved mysteries. The very first book that I wrote as a kid was a mystery, and because of this, one of the birthday parties that my mother threw for me when I was younger, probably in like elementary school, was a life-sized game of Clue, the board game, if you're familiar with that. We went up to my grandparents' house for this one, and each kid was given a character to play. If you're unfamiliar with the game, it's a murder mystery game, and you move around to different rooms on the board and make accusations of who killed the victim, Mr. Body, and in which room, and with which weapon. We made an outline of my body for Mr. Body on black crate paper and traveled up to my grandparents where we played in the house and each room represented a different room on the board and we had a huge like enormous sized dice that we could roll and uh, had a great time dressing up and playing and, and each of us took the largest steps we possibly could to try to get to the room of choice to make our accusation and it was an awesome time. We also ended up changing a few of the methods of death to keep it more kid-friendly and to make finding props easier, one of which was my mother's addition of he plunged to his death with a plunger. And that, my friends, is the least graphic way I could think of to introduce today's topic. Plungers! <laughs> because I am very grateful for plungers, and this was a topic suggested by a friend just the other day, so thank you to him, and let's get down to gratitude for plungers. So first off, what is a plunger? It is a tool used to help clear a blockage in a pipe or a drain. It is called a plunger, a plumber's friend, plumber's helper, or a force cup. All of these are very powerful sounding names in my mind. Usually with a plunger, you have a suction cup made of rubber attached to a stick. The stick is called a shaft and the shaft can be made of either plastic or wood. There is a kitchen plunger and a toilet plunger and they are shaped slightly differently. The kitchen plunger has a cup that is shaped more like a half of a ball with an edge that flares out while the toilet plunger looks more like a misshapen bowl uh, with a large open bottom. When using a plunger, you cover the whole of the drain or the pipe with the rubber cup and then press the cup down using the shaft until the rubber is flattened out. This forces the air, if there is air or water, down into the drain and can even push the rubber cup into the drain. And then when you pull it back out, it creates a vacuum that pulls at whatever is blocking the drain or the pipe and helps clear it out. So who do we have to thank for this handy dandy tool that keeps our pipes and drains clear? Well, it looks like we have a few people to thank as the invention of the plunger is attributed to a number of different people. So it's a little unclear about when we got our first plunger, maybe because we just don't talk about those things in polite conversation. 
unless it's a podcast. <laughs> so thank you for joining me in this polite conversation about plungers. Before we get to a handheld plunger, we had what was called a plunger closet. This was the design of one Samuel Presser in England in 1777. Basically, this plunger was a part of the toilet function itself from the get-go. A person would lift up the plunger, which was inside the closet, the water closet, that's what it's called, and this would allow the water and waste to escape. This wasn't especially hygienic, however, because the plunger was sitting where it was sitting in, and things were also there. And this design was later improved upon with Joseph Brahma's flush and valve toilet, which is a little bit closer to the toilets that we have today. Some sources say that Jeffrey Gunderson on the Isle of Jersey invented the plunger in 1932, but most believe that the plunger was invented before then, likely between 1850 and 1900. And this is also because plungers are especially useful because of the way we use our S trap drain pipes, which came into use by about 1852, so that's why they think that's about the same time we would have had a plunger, because it would have been more effective. Another possible inventor to thank is John Hawley. In 1874, John Hawley of New York invented a plunger. His design was improved in 1876 when a flat rim was added to it. It was patented as a vent clearer, and for the marketing for the plunger, it was called a force cup. That's where we get that other name. Now, you would think that Hawley was probably like a plumber, solving a problem he likely frequently ran into on the daily. However, Holly was actually a confectioner. He sold candy, and I really want to know how he went from candy to plunger, because that sounds brilliant, but so far I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Outside of the use for our kitchens and bathrooms, there are a few other types of plungers, like the plunger for the trumpet. For some musicians, playing trumpet or trombones, using a mute on the instrument is common, and for some, they actually used a plunger sawn stick. Literally, like just taking the wooden stick off of the kitchen or bathroom plunger. I'm assuming a brand new one. Using a plunger makes the sound coming out of the trumpet or the trombone sound more like a person's voice. This method was used by jazz trumpeter Johnny Dunn and trombone player Tricky Sam Nanton and many other jazz musicians. Plungers have been used in first aid as well. In the 1980s in California, there are three separate incidents of plungers being used for CPR. In 2009, a company called Advanced Circulatory Systems, based in Minnesota, began working on a suction cup that emergency responders could use to administer CPR. It also like keeps them a little bit separated from any regurgitation, because that sometimes happens during CPR. And there's apparently one more use for a plunger beyond murder weapons for children's games, uh, beyond clearing out our sinks and toilets, influencing jazz music, and even saving lives. There is also, drumroll please, a special day in December on the 18th to be exact, and this day is called Wear a Plunger on Your Head Day. So yes, apparently a plunger can also be a hat. This day got its start uh, being celebrated by a man and his pet. The man was a former bounty hunter named Vern Halsey, and his pet Felix, a Komodo dragon. At first, it was just the two of them, like, wearing plungers on their heads on the 18th of December. But with social media, the trend grew, and other people started wearing plungers on their heads with their pets as well. So there you go. From toilets and sinks to trumpets, CPR, and headgear, turns out there are quite a few reasons to be grateful for plungers. And these are just a few. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.